Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Tanda wins on Sunday. It was pretty straightforward for us. So um, Dobo says he wants results rather than just being fast. No need to win the Friday Grand Prix like I have done a few times. And Tony gets the super bikes back on the program. Great, Coco, having the bikes going back to the gateway to hyperthermia. Well, he'll look at all the action from Sandown today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Race 13 of the championship was dominated by Will Davison, taking the pole and the win. Will explained some of the reasons why his first win for Holden was so special, being at Sandown. I've always come here uh, with great memories as a kid, being out at Sandown, watching, uh, watching Dad race and um, hooning around the track in, in, uh, in cars with my cousin at lunchtime or something, getting a bit sideways. Or, you know, just uh, great memories, obviously uh, pretty... Uh, Obviously, my grandfather lost his life here as well. And, um, yeah, I mean, just, end of the day, it's, it's a great story. It's a great track. I love coming here. Suburban Melbourne, and uh, we've got this fantastic facility with uh, just standing in front of that grandstand there on the podium. You know, it's such a, a fantastic grandstand. Second, James Courtney said he is now just concentrating for the second half of the year of going for wins. The moment I can uh, probably throw my weight around a little bit in that, you know, that I don't have to finish you know for the for the championship these guys got a lot more to lose than what i have at the moment so going for outright wins and uh probably focus more on bathurst at the moment than anything else craig lowndes put the news of the week behind him to finish in third place for us a third position is fantastic obviously uh, we're trying to close the gap to tander and uh i'm not sure where garth actually finished in the end but uh you know i know uh, it gave us a great boost knowing where he was going to start and uh we just had to stay out of trouble Race 14 saw Garth Tander complete a big weekend for the factory team when he took out the win. Tander thrilled to make up for the disappointment of a 17th finish in Saturday's race. It's a lot easier when you start 21 grid positions further up the field. So, um, yeah, I mean, totally my mistake yesterday that, that cost us a shot at yesterday's race. So, um, you know, basically from there on, it was a matter of setting ourselves up for today's race. Will Davison grabbed another podium behind his teammate, capping off a very solid weekend. I think second was the absolute perfect race for me then. You know, obviously we didn't have fresh soft tyres. Uh, we had to fight pretty hard, lost out a little bit with the safety car. So I was back in the pack there. And, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was all going on there for a while and just trying to, obviously, uh, try and be aggressive through the pack, but obviously stay on the black stuff. And Jamie and I were nose to tail there for a bit, so it was, uh, it was good fun. Jamie Winkup finished up on the podium, gathering up some more valuable points. It's been a, uh, overall a tough weekend. We haven't quite been on our game all weekend and uh, we dropped the bundle a little bit in qualifying this morning. So it was always going to be a tough race. We... Uh, we got off to a great start. Um, we pitted early in short field, so we didn't have all that much petrol in. 
and uh, tried to bolt and unfortunately the safety car come at the wrong time. We never got that clear running in, in the middle. The championship points just over halfway in the season are Jamie Wincup on 17.91, Will Davison on 16.74, Garth Tanders on 14.16, Craig Lowndes on 13.50, Stephen Johnson rounding out the top five on 11.94. The 6 through 10, Lee Holsworth, Mark Winterbottom, Rick Kelly, Russell Engel and Michael Caruso. As mentioned, Friday, Holden confirmed their support to HRT for three more years. Alan Batty, Holden's incoming CEO on hand to announce the deal. Um, and confirmed that we've signed another long-term agreement. We've actually had a relationship that goes back 20 years. So um, very pleased about that and to come here and be able to give the guys a rev up. A massive weekend for, here, uh, for us here. This weekend, Craig Lowndes was faced with his first public outing since Triple Eight made the announcement that they were moving to Holden. And what he found was a mixed fan reaction. Uh, I think, you know, as time goes on, everyone will calm down and just focus on, uh, you know, what we do, how we do it and, uh, and, and support the team. Tony D'Alberto was not mincing words when we asked about his disappointment to hear that Holden was paying to have Triple Eight change brands. Uh, especially there's been a lot of teams that support Holden and we're one that's um, from our businesses as well. We support Holden pretty heavily and uh, to get no support back from them is pretty disappointing. Um, but, you know, like this year, they, I suppose they sold it to us that they couldn't support everybody. Then they've gone and done a massive deal with Triple Eight that would have been very expensive to do. So The V8 insiders asked the pit lane for their reaction to the Triple Eight announcement. I was a little, you know, I, I'm not surprised at all to tell you the truth, but I thought they might bob up with a different manufacturer, but... I mean, they've got strong GM connections in in England, and uh, they're certainly the benchmark for the Touring Car Championship and Bathurst at the moment. So, if you were at Holden, why wouldn't you want them? Well, I think it'll find its own weight. You may find that the odd Holden fellow may defect and end up with a Ford, and the thing will balance out. I mean, this has happened in the past, where you've had an excess of Fords and an excess of Holdens. I think the main thing that we need to keep track or make sure happens, of course, is that the racing continues to grow and be as competitive as it is because clearly that's what attracts sponsors, motor manufacturers, punters and, and ourselves. SBR and ourselves, we are the two Ford supported teams anyway so we already carried that mantle and we already felt the pressure from carrying that mantle so really for us not a lot's changed. Included in those voices were Brad Jones, Gary Rogers and Tim Edwards from FPR. The plan of starting the V8 Supercar Championship overseas has been greenlit this week when the Clipsal 500 management released a press release that said that they would not be upset if the Clipsal was not the first round of the championship as long as it was the first Australian round of the series. The press release went on to say that the March date suits the Clipsal management and South Australian government better than pushing it forward to be ahead of any proposed overseas rounds and also that they are mindful of the football requirements of the host network Channel 7. It looks like everything's falling into place for the Abu Dhabi Bahrain double. With the rumour mill in full force, driver movements have become the focus. Garth Tander currently looking at his future. Tander told V8X editor Neville Wilkinson that negotiations with HRT are continuing. But it's being reported that Tander, who is coming out of contract this year, Lee Holsworth, who has one year left in his contract with Gary Rogers, have been approached by FPR on what their future might hold.
Stephen Johnson is also doing the rounds of the paddock as he looks at his 2010 deal. While Dick Johnson told Big Pond Sport this week that he would not contemplate Jim Beam Racing changing to Holden with Triple Eight's move, team co-owner Charlie Schwarzkopf was not as adamant that the team's future is with Ford. We're, we're, we're going to look at all options. We've had a couple of little chats and just see where it's all going, but business is business. Look, we've got a very good relationship with, with Ford, even though they don't give us anything at the moment, and maybe that's, that door's open a little bit at the moment. Oh, who knows? But you never know where we go. Tony Cochran and Shane Howard have announced that after four years of discussions with motorcycle officials... They have secured Oz Superbikes on the LNH Racing Program. We started this uh, project back in 2003, uh, where we met with uh, Motorcycling Australia and Fergus Cameron um, from Phillip Island and, uh, and the manufacturers to try and see if we could put a 2 plus 4 meeting back together at one of the world's greatest circuits. Also, fans who like to be right in the middle of the action Phillip Island will be opening up its paddocks again for camping, with Shane Howard saying that they are planning major events on the grounds for the diehard fans. The large expo area, which has been used for uh, MotoGP and uh, previous race events to, for merchandising, etc., we're going to turn that into a, uh, you know, a great area for food and beverage and where the campers and that can uh, go overnight time, go in there and uh, you know, enjoy themselves. We'll have entertainment in there and displays and, uh, and we're going to bring some of the riders in and some of the drivers um, you know, on the Saturday night um, to mingle um, with, with the campers and, 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 and our fans um, in that facility. So, After the break, Neville Wilkinson and Paul Marinelli join us. Then later we investigate the rumours that Will Davison was the reason Triple Eight moved to Holden. I hope you stay with us. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bundaberg Racing and you're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. This week, joining us is my good friend, Paul Marinelli. Hi, Craig. How are you going? Very well, and uh, good to see that voice is as good as always on the V8 Insiders. Neville Wilkinson from V8X Magazine. What a week in Melbourne where we had announcements leading up to the big race and a fantastic crowd on hand to see HRT really get back into that dominating form. Yeah, it seems to be a holding track. Uh, someone suggested to me or, or, or observed that the, the Commodores do really well at this track, and I, I reminded them that Peter Brock used to win here all the time as well. So it's it's just holding stomping ground, and um, it was a dry track. The weather the weather held off for us, so to speak. You know, or it was dry. It was great, and you know, we thought we were going to be rugged up with umbrellas. But yeah, it was a good 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 race meeting. And. If Triple Eight won the battle of the media into the weekend, then Friday it all just stopped because HRT made the announcement that they were with 
uh, sorry, Holden made the announcement they were with HRT for three more years, and from that point on, it was a HRT fiesta. Yeah, it certainly was. It, it, it's interesting. They couldn't have responded. This is HRT couldn't have responded in any better way than what they did on the track. Um, the whole week, you know, in Melbourne, and I'm sure across Australia, the headlines are all about, hey, this T8 defection to hold, and oh, they're going to take over the whole thing, this and that. And, and HRT had been relatively quiet until making their announcement here that Holden's extended their deal with them for a further three years. But their biggest response was on the track at Sandown on Saturday and Sunday. They were just in superb form, both Will and Garth sharing the wins, and Garth, importantly, needing to get back up the front again because the team was starting to get all Will happy for a while there so so he needed to assert his authority again and he's done that and the team have done a superb job he didn't actually look happy after he left the press conference i saw him walking down the pits and he still had that sour face and garth is normally a fairly relaxed and comfortable guy are you talking about saturday sunday or sunday well i mean garth's a pretty focused guy and sometimes they can get mistaken as a bit of uh, a bit of arrogance um i know garth really well and i, I you know He's not, he's not arrogant. He's actually got a good sense of humour. But uh, I think Garth handled the pressure really well because Saturday was a shocker for him, especially with the qualifying and then fighting his way back to, I think, was 17th or something like that. But uh, on Sunday, he, answered, he, he handled that pressure really well and he answered the best way possible, came out and won the race. So, you know, Garth Katanda is a force in that team. And, I, you know, the team's, what, how many points? HRT's only 53 or 51 points behind uh, Team Vodafone now in the Drivers' Championship. So always at the, the team's championship. So it's, it's going to be close. Now, if we focus on race 13, because race 13 on Saturday, the short race was the, mark, the halfway point of this 26th race championship, Paul, and to have uh, the race we had where Triple Eight had a pit stop malfunction and that cost them a really good result for Jamie Wincup, the championship leader. It sure did, and it shows that no team is infallible. No matter what, things happen. And it was a very, very slight mistake. It wasn't a major one, but it could, that's all you need. You're talking tenths and hundredths of a second these days, and that's all you need to fall off from uh, from winning. So it was a pretty ordinary uh, weekend uh, compared to what Wink Cup's been used to. But, uh, you know, Will was there to answer the call and did that in superb form. So if they do slip up, they do know that uh, right behind them, uh, HRC ready to pick up the pieces. Well, on Saturday, it was James Courtney who was right there waving that triple A flag and he was extremely happy to be beating Craig Lowndes on, on the Sandown circuit. Well he he was strong all race. Um, I, I remember looking early on the race when uh, when there was that battle between uh, Will Davison and, and Jamie um, because Jamie got the lead and then Will muscled his way back past but uh, Courtney was there with them and those three were getting away from the rest of the field. And I thought, you know, this DJR car's got a bit of mumbo, you know. So T8 obviously uh, gives, gives good equipment to... Well, the mumbo, of course, is Dick Johnson Racing's own engine. Well, you know, there's a, there's, there's a few people saying the Ford engines are a bit slow and they could, could go a bit faster. So, you know, maybe that's a good sign for DJR next year because they're obviously, you know, they're tossing up what they're going to do with now T8 going to Holden. I mean, you know, Roland's still saying that we've got customers to look at, but do you think he's really going to be developing the Ford, the Ford package as well as he's going to be 
developing the Holden package next year? That is a, a good point. And Saturday, it was really the scuttlebutt talking about that future because I guess we all had more time on our hands on that Saturday to go out and start asking these questions. But it, just amazing, the reaction. And Tony D'Alberto, as you heard in the news, was he was quite outspoken, saying, we knew last year it was a cutback because of money, but now they've gone and spent a lot, and us loyal Holden people are getting shafted. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot to be said for the teams that have been loyal to Holden for, for many years, but the sadness of the situation is is that what's happening out in the marketplace is being directly reflected in motorsport. I was surprised that there's $3 million available to, to add Triple Eight to their portfolio. I, you know, I'm thinking, where are they getting this money from? It's not from head office. They're bankrupt. You know, where is this coming from? They've obviously got a marketing fund, and they're reallocating those funds, just like Ford did a couple of years ago. Um, what happens to the other teams is a, is a real concern it really is for next season but uh, like you say I, I, they are justified in, in their disappointment but it's a reflection of what's going on out there and unfortunately yeah well you've got to have wins that's it holden said hey this is a team that's winning races and championship contenders if not almost got it in the bag um you know we didn't have to sp- we don't have to spend as much as we do with uh, hrt which is the official factory team let's not forget that there's two top teams team vodafone and HRT, now they're both going to be holding next year. And I think an, an important point to, to add to that also is that Roland Dane's plan from day one was to get in and win the championship, achieve that, did that a couple of times. When did, when had done three Bathursts as well on top of that. Now, this is only six years since he got here. Let's remember, it's less than a decade. Now, when Ford decided to withdraw their support from his team, he made it his life's goal to either bring another manufacturer or defect to Holden, one or the other. And he's achieved that as well. And I'll give him a couple of years more to see that empire grow even further in terms of uh, Holden. So HRT will really need to be on top of their game. And uh, I just think that uh, if you look at the progression over just six years, wait till you see what the future's got because it's, it's looking pretty amazing when you think about it. Now, race 13, if I can move on, fourth and fifth. Todd Kelly, who was doing a lot of R&D for that team going into the Enduros because he was out of the championship hunt. And Michael Caruso, once again showing that Darwin and uh, Townsville weren't flashes in the pan. Yeah, I've got to say about Todd Kelly doing the, the R&D, I just think that's a bit of PR hype. You know, I, no doubt he's doing R&D. What, you think if he doesn't develop a better part, he puts it on his car? What, is he putting the slow parts on his car? Of course, he's got the same equipment as his brother, right? So R&D, they're always doing R&D. Like, so, like anybody who read that press release, like, let's not subscribe to it. They're all doing R&D and they're all trying to develop it and stuff like that. So can we move on from that? Well, the, the hardest thing with R&D now, Nev and uh, Craig, is the fact that you can't, you've only got four test days. There's only so much you can possibly test, plus blooding your enduro drivers as well, giving them some time. So you can't go crazy on an R&D curve like they've claimed to have done because you would not literally have the time to get it to be able to put the components in the car and test them other than at the race meetings. Well, whatever it was, he got up into fifth place and he was naturally happy with that. On Sunday, Rick did a really good job, right? And he was like, he was right up there. Todd was having a bad day. He wasn't quite as well. So, you know, have the cars got it? We're not too sure. I mean, the team's got some... Uh, you know, it's showing some sparks of getting up there. I reckon this year is this year is generally an R and D year for Jack Daniels Racing. Let's face it; they're getting their feet together, they're getting their team together, they're dealing with four cars, right? Do do we know they're going to be with four cars next year? Who knows? Are they going to be withholding next year? Who knows, right? This is the thing because 
one thing I will say is that's probably the team that's going to lose the hold money for next year. It's going to run out at the end of this year and it ain't going back to them. Well, this is my opinion, but I think I'm pretty right. All right, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Race 14 and the rumour mill all coming up next. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Will Davison from the Toll Holden Racing Team and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Paul Morelli and Nat Neville Wilkinson joining me, Craig Ravel. And guys, race 14 on Sunday, the longer race. And there was a big question on Saturday. Do you use your red-hot Super Sports Max tyres then, because you knew what the weather was like when you went on the track, and gamble to have them for the Saturday? Or do you sit back and say, well, we're going to take a chance and, and have those super sticky tyres for the Sunday race? And... I think we saw that the fellas who, because of circumstances, Garth Tander and a few other guys that said, well, we're, we're down the back, let's see if we can qualify up the front on Sunday and make a difference, really got to, uh, really got to exploit it. Paul? Yeah, they certainly did. The, uh, interesting to note how the normal Dunlop control tyre, the harder compound, actually worked quite well here. Mm. It was actually quite quick. The difference really wasn't that major. Um, of course, on a brand new clean set, you could see a, a vast difference, but also the period that that lasted wasn't as long as what everyone was counting for, and we saw that in the uh, first race. Uh, bits of rubber all over the track, and the tyres were basically disintegrating, you know, the, the, the um, soft ones, because they're not made to go a full race distance. So uh, all credit to the guys who made it, last that way but of course ruined their chances for, for this race for the drivers that did have soft tyres and we saw some superb performances but unfortunately for Rick Kelly who was looking really good at one stage that was exactly what happened where the, the soft tyres finally gave up so you know that they have a finite life so the now with the benefit of hindsight you know that the hard tyres were the tyres to be on and to make, make the maximum use of and to get your softs out when you absolutely, absolutely needed them which of course was the two qualifying sessions yeah. and of course uh, Nev Lee Holsworth was on the Rick Kelly strategy and he suffered the same fate after really rocketing up whilst those soft tyres were good. He then got into trouble and, and Rick Kelly also promoted some of that trouble by driving him down into the marbles there for a moment. And uh, that, But when those tyres went off, they went off and he was, he was trucking backwards, which is exactly what V8 Supercars wanted. Get out there and be blistering, but make the decision at the right time to change them. Well, it was, the safety car came out just probably... At the right time where people say, oh, will we be able to last the rest of the race on the, on the soft tyres? Because most people had already used their soft tyres by then to some extent, put some laps on them. If they were probably brand new set and hadn't been used, they probably would have been well. But uh, Lee Holdsworth and Rick Kelly rolled the dice and um, it, 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 Lee Holdsworth went down, Rick went further down after Rick was like battling for the lead there at one stage. Um, and so, yeah, it, it didn't work. But it was a gamble, and we all love it because it, it, it got some action. Um, but Paul was saying how the tyres, because we, we expected it was cold, we expected the, the soft tyres to last longer. They didn't. Um, so that, that's an amazing thing. But 
going back to the race on Saturday, a lot of people use their soft tyres on Saturday because Sunday could have been wet and you wouldn't have been able to use the soft tyres at all. They would have, you know. So there was all that, um, you know, it was, just, it was, it's, we're getting used to this two race format now. Yesterday was the qualifying and the race. Today was the qualifying and the race. Um, and I must have to admit that uh, in qualifying, Jamie Winkup does not seem to be able to handle the 20-minute qualifying. He seems to be able to handle uh, the, the tiered one. But when it comes to his 20-minute shootout, it's like his Achilles heel. He was back in the eighth or ninth starting on the grid. I think the big problem, not only for Jamie, I think Mark Winterbottom suffered from this as well, and a number of other drivers, is the traffic in that 20-minute session. And a track like Sandown, long straights, tight corners, tends to bunch them up all the time. And if you've got good straight-line speed, you can probably get away a little, but you're going to encounter the same problem again in the corners. How far, how much can you back off to give yourself a clear track? Very hard to do here. And I think that was the biggest issue for them, dealing with the traffic more than anything else, in Jamie's case. Mm. Now, interesting, we talked about the soft-tire gamble, and Brad Jones and I had a chat uh, on Saturday and uh, of course Brad has got a long memory when I said to him oh, I thought the Holden move would be a bit dodgy and he said to me well what do you think of the Holden move now Craig and I'm going well you sent me straight back in Adelaide two years ago and I've been you know thinking that you guys are, are a bit behind where you should be and he goes yep he said you're right but on Sunday gee they had the strategy right mm. they got onto the soft tyres at the right time and both uh, Cameron McConville and Jason Richards really showed how big an advantage that is, and they got a solid performance. Well, yeah, I think Sunday was also about getting off the soft tyres at the right time, um, because if you've got track position and you're all on the uh, harder compound, well, then it, it, people have got to fight to get past you. Um, and I saw guys on soft tyres having to fight to get past guys on the, on the harder compound, so it was, you know... Um, with that in mind, Jamie Wincup finishing third was a get out of jail free card because we talked about just talked about how bad he qualified for for Team Vodafone. Um, he finished third. I thought that was a, a he had a hard race day today. He had to really put his head down and make some things happen, and it did. Now. A bit of a conundrum also for Holden to think about too with Brad Jones racing going so well. Cameron and Jason both very, very strong in the final race and, and they've shown potential all year, you know, and I think it's, the funding is an issue for them. So, you know, it, it's going to be very, very hard for them if Holden pull out as well because they're a very, very good team. Mm, Brad saying they are down on engine speed and they really can't put a finger on why they don't have that speed. I think it comes down to dollars, you know, the more he, every tenth, what was I once told, if you want a tenth of a second more, another $100,000 in development basically, you know, and they, lots of these teams just don't have that money to spend and now there are engine restrictions that weren't in place a couple of years back, so, so you're still even limited in that regard as to what you can do to try and get more horsepower. Now, ahead of Gas and Go, we're going to go a Gas and Go rumour mill, so you're going to have to be pretty quick on your feet because there is plenty of rumours <laughs> out there from this weekend. But uh, I have to say, do we, when we look at uh, what was going on, James Courtney on that Saturday press conference when he said, oh, well, I'm just going out for the wins now. And uh, I did ask him the question about the team's championship and there was a little bit of that I in team that, oh, I'm going out for race wins and we'll let the rest take care of itself. But I, I think you do have to be mindful of we need to still score well in the team's championship. There's a lot of teams out there they're going, we're out of the championship, we need to get the best position for the team now. But why? Why would you get the best position for the team? I'm, mate, who, who won the team's championship last year? Well, it was pretty easy, it was Team, team Vodafone. But, yeah. but who cares? 
It's all about the drivers. I think personalities. If you're winning races, you're giving your team a huge stack of points anyway. So, so it's the same point he's making. You know, I'm, I'm going out to, to win races. Well, if he's doing that, they're going to do very well in the team's championship. But you were at FPR, and when you knew the championship was gone, you were hell-bent on getting that team's championship. It means something to someone. Well, you want to deliver that to Ford, obviously, and to your sponsors. You want to say to them, hey, we, we've given you something. We didn't get the driver's championship. We did get the team's. It's not the Tour de France, mate. If your guy's back in 14th, you don't drop back to try and get him back up the front, mate. If you're at the front... Forget your mate on the back, mate. He's got to get his way back up. Was that for Tim Edwards in particular? Because that was a huge problem this weekend. Ford, the first Ford badge car in both races over the weekend, was uh, was 11th place on Saturday and something like 14th place on Sunday. Ford must be looking at this going, my goodness, we've given up every front-running car and now we're lucky to be in the top 10 if we want to advertise a Ford car. There's FGs out there, but they're not Ford branded. Were you talking about FPR? What a, where did SBR finish? Well, I asked that question a few weeks ago. Because FBR went so bad, it sort of covered up what SBR's done uh, as well. So, um, you know, what can you say? I mean, they just had a shocker of a weekend, and I think it all started from qualifying where um, and uh, waiting for the rain in race one that was part of their strategy. I mean, they could have looked at it, looked, come out of it looking like superheroes, but, you know, it didn't happen. Um, but then, yeah, pace is a serious issue where this time last year no one could keep, keep up with them. Now it's the other way around. Gas and Go Time brought to you by the Homeboys on the latest edition of V8X magazine. It's on stands now and you look out for the Kellys on the cover. And, of course, the major feature in that one is the future of V8 supercars, not only the cars but also for sponsorship and that is, of course, critical. Gas and Go Time, Neville Wilkinson, Charlie... <laughs> at uh, Charlie Schwarzkopf, I think I've got the pronunciation right there, he has been seen talking to the Holden camp, perhaps. Uh, do we think Dick Johnson Racing, the bastion of Ford, could go Holden? Well, yeah. Hello. It's all about what who can get, who can give you the best equipment. If 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 they can change over to Holden, because let's not get let's not get mistaken, it's going to cost money to change over to, to Holden. But if they can get a GM product and get better support mechanically to make their cars go faster, right? It's all about dollars, obviously, but if they can get better support, they're going to think about it really seriously. You can think about history and loyalty as much as you like, but um, I'd say Dick, Dick would be thinking, well, there wasn't much thought of that when we got dumped. Um, so, uh, And I've seen several members of their team talking to senior Holden executives this weekend too. So uh, would they do it if the deal... What they currently have is nothing, so if they got something, they may well. Paul Marinelli, Lee Holsworth has been rumoured linked to your old team, FPR. He certainly has. Um, he's a very, very fast steerer, you know, and um, I think uh, he's great. I mean, whoever gets the chance to pick him up uh, will do very, very well. He's a fast steerer, but so is his teammate, and so are several other young drivers coming up through the ranks. Yeah, he's linked, but what's the question? Would he go? He's still got a contract for one more year with Gary Rogers Motorsports, so most of the rumours are a bit mute, aren't they? I think if he got the right deal, he would go. He's a race driver, and um, yeah, he'd go. All right. Well, then back to Gary Rogers Motorsport. There's talk that inside the team, the balance of power of who's the favourite son might be on the Robbo side of the fence. Uh, I don't think you know Gary Rogers well enough. He'll, he, he goes with both drivers, and they've got to prove themselves. And, yeah, sure, he knows there's a bit of inter-rivalry. If, if Caruso is starting to do a bit more than Lee Holdsworth at the moment, they get along really well. There could be a bit of angst between the two of them. But Gary Rogers has been around long enough. He knows all that. But he, oh, don't, Gary Rogers doesn't have favourites. The drivers do it themselves. 
Yeah, I agree entirely, and I think that um, uh, at the end of the day, the team has had some success, uh, but they've been excellent at bringing drivers through and getting them ready for their next steps in their career. Let's face it, you know, Gary's been doing it for years, and while his team deserves to be up there and to do that, if they can't step up to the mark, the driver will eventually want to do that, and that's what we're seeing happening now. Interestingly enough, all weekend when we've had the chance to speak to Craig and Jamie, the difference between what those two guys said they knew when they signed on to Team Vodafone. Craig Lowndes all weekend's been saying, well, well, we signed up, Vodafone signed up, then we moved to Holden, Roland decided to move to Holden. Speak to Jamie Winkup, oh, I knew what was going on before I signed. Paul, is, could one driver not know? Oh, well, come on, let's, let's not be ridiculous here. Um, I can tell you from my own management background in terms of what I do, you wouldn't sign to a three-year deal with a driver not knowing what the future held. That would be the first discussion you'd have. What are your plans? What are we going to do going forward? How are we going to get to where we need to get to? And if you think for a moment Craig didn't know they were changing for Holden, I mean, really, come on. Well... Craig might not have known. His management may not have told him, but I'll let uh, I'll let the fans figure that one whether whether they agree with that one or not. Because I mean, I, I pretty much agree with Paul on that one. All right, and finally, the Norton 360 Challenge is this an indication with the amount of promotion Norton did at the track? Is this the way sponsors have to get the best value and the best bang for their buck? Because if you didn't know this was a Norton sponsored event, well, you mustn't have uh, had anything to do with the uh, Sandown vicinity. Well, you would have been that blind guy and Dancing with the Stars because, I mean, you could not come into the track and not know it was sponsored by Norton 360. Um, I'd hate to know what their budget was because it would have been pretty extraordinary. In fact, I would like a bit of that budget. But uh, it, um, they did it very well. Um, and if this is the way that sponsors go, I hope all luck to them because seriously, it was done very well. And um, it's a bit of a showcase what other sponsors should do at events. They did an extraordinary amount of promotion at this event. Yeah, ditto. Ditto to what Neville said. They really they've taught V8 Supercars a bit of a lesson this this uh, over the weekend because there were signs everywhere that they, they had people running around everywhere. Kids were happy. Everybody was wearing a yellow cap or a yellow scarf fantastically done and yeah I think I think V8 Supercars had a good look around and thought my goodness look at these, look, look, look at the way these guys are doing this and uh, they leveraged this event to use a marketing term better than any sponsor I've ever seen in this sport for more than a decade. Yeah it was absolutely fantastic and uh, if you would think with uh, some of the things that are going on super bikes coming in to uh, the LNH 500 which we haven't had a chance to chat about on this show but we will in the future I can assure you but isn't Sandown just perfectly positioned to have a historic race meeting with the history of this racetrack you have a promotion like what Norton were doing that gives it that profile and then you say and on top of the racing which is first class we're going to have you know the big bangers we're going to have these Formula 5000s and all these historic cars out there so you know mum and dad want to get out there to see the cars they grew up with and the kids want to get out there to see the stars of today. Yeah, well, I mean, Norton 360 want to push the, the historic value of this event. I mean, it has a, a large history. A pity it's not the, the 500 because it traditionally is the home of the 500. But, you know, things change, things move on, but Norton still wanted to capitalise on that, that history. And there's, you know, a few stars. Alan Moffat was here this weekend and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's a bit of that around. 
There are so many people that come to this venue here at Sandown saying things like, my dad or my grandfather brought me here. Will Davison said during his press conference, talked about his, great, his grandfather and all the rest of it, and just how much history this place has for everybody who visits here, not just the drivers. Uh, and that, that therefore lends this, this event to historic, historic events, historic cars, it lends, it, lends the venue better than any other venue uh, to do that. The one disappointment for me on this round was the support categories. Besides Fujitsu, which of course they're always uh, up to a certain standard, but you know we've really got to give people more entertainment. And what was on the track here didn't cut the mustard, other than the V8 supercars, I'm afraid. Well, the white flag lap is up next, and we find out what Will Davison had to do with getting Team Vodafone to Holden. It's all coming up on the white flag lap. But Neville Wilkinson and Paul Manelli, thanks very much for being with us here today on the show. Thanks, Craig. Uh, thanks, everybody, for having me on. A pleasure. Thank you, Craig. The White Flag Lab is up next here on the V8 Insiders. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. G'day, it's Greg Murphy from the Sprintcast Racing Team, and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. With all the announcements last week for Holden, we started to think, why would Roland want to change his operation to Holden's? Well, perhaps Paul Marinelli explained it best in the roundtable, but I was thinking there might be more to it than meets the eye. And after listening to Will Davison talking about how great his move to Holden has been right throughout the year, Perhaps his old roommate, Jamie Winkup, has been thinking along those lines as well. It got me thinking that if Kevin Bacon cured cancer, perhaps Will Davison converted Triple Eight to Holden. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was, I knew he was jealous I was in a red car because, uh, <laughs> you know, he's, I think he's always liked red. That's his favourite colour if you ask him. So, um, yeah, he's obviously talked Roland into driving a, driving a proper car. So, um, uh, you know, we're both on the same side of the fence now, but... Uh, no doubt our, um, our competitiveness team to team uh, and driver to driver is going to be, you know, as strong as ever. <laughs> oh, that's quite funny. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. We, um, we decided, you know, we're disappointed that we didn't have manufacturer support this year. And uh, to fix that, we've joined the, the, the best manufacturer in Australia, the Aussie Icon Holden. So, uh, as I say, commercially, it's a fantastic decision. But, um, you know, just, just to rule out, Holden, well, the HRT are our main opposition. They still will be next year, and you know, we're not going out there to. We're not going to overshadow HRT at all. They're, they're still the 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 amazing team they have been. They've got the most history in the sport. Um, you know, we're not looking to steal their fans or or interrupt anything that they're doing. We're we're just uh, you know we're going out there and it's business as usual. And you know, if we can introduce. Um, more fans of the sport, well then that's a great, great step forward. Well, perhaps Marinelli was right. As the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, thanks to Big Hair Nev and The Voice. Mr Marinelli, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.